Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Audience, we are back. And I told y'all we had a special guest coming on the show today. We are joined by Celine from Bulls Gold, presented by the Barroom Network. Celine, talk to him, baby. How you doing, bro? Hey, fellas. Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's a pleasure to join you guys. Uh, you know, it's it's an honor because like anyone, anytime someone invites me onto this show, it's like, man, you guys want me to come on your show and chop it up with you guys? All right, man, that's it's always a pleasure and an honor. So, uh, I know I met you at uh, Windy City Bulls. Uh, you've been you've been doing your thing. You know, I love your guys' sound too. When you guys I listen to a few episodes and you guys have a nice, you know, uh, comfortable and and like just kind of like a, it's kind of like I, I was. Like, kind of like the, like going to the shop or something like that. You know, yes, sir. Just talking sports <laughs> and talking different things and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I love your guys' show. And I, like I said, I appreciate you guys giving me this invite. Oh, yeah. And listen, audience, I know you guys are already familiar with uh, with, with Salim and Ed, their show uh, Bulls Gold. But I'm telling you, these guys, man, are so chill. I've listened to them just because I'm like, I just want to get sensible takes on this team. Right? We're all suffering in silence over here. But I want some people that are going to talk to me sensibly. And not maybe come over the top with it. You know what I'm saying, Al? Yes, sir. And, and not to mention, not to mention his co-host Ed, man. That that, that brother, man. That, that his voice like butter on, on the mic. On voice like butter. So, oh, for sure. <laughs> Ed, Ed, I caught Ed the talent of the show. So he definitely, uh, he he has that voice that uh, will soothe you and 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 calm down. He he definitely like. So I, I'm probably a little more irrational than him sometimes, but he definitely, <laughs> he definitely brings me down a little bit. Brings you back a little bit with with his uh, his smoothness. There you go. Well, I mean, we get so much talk out here. People are saying, "Hey, Zach Levine's out here looking rusty." We're seeing that he's questionable for the game there on Thursday. But I just want to get your like just your bird's eye view on just what you saw from the preseason before we get into the Zach news because there's a lot to talk about and unpack there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So just a couple of key points for I saw in preseason, like the offense. It's like a new offense that you're trying to do. Uh, a little bit more open and um, less positions, like focus, focus on positions. So you're using more actions as opposed to simply going like ISO to end game, 
kind of utilizing if you if you go back and rewatch games, I like that's what I really like to do. I like to rewatch games and like I'm not a coach. I'm not I don't have a big back background in basketball, but like I'm just like a basketball junkie. So like I love watching uh rewatching film and try to teach myself trying to learn. Um and if you rewatch a lot of these a lot of their sets, you see a lot more action between Vooch, Damar and Zach together. Last season, we didn't see a lot of that. It was a lot of two-man stuff. It was either like doing like an empty side pick and roll with Vuk, uh, Vuc and and with one of Demar and Zach, or like an inverted pick and roll with Demar and Vuc or Demar and Zach. But like you had more, more of a or even isolating like a lot a lot of ISO Demar last season, right? Too. Uh, but this uh, this this preseason, you're seeing a more focal attempt to try to try to you know maximize your best players so try to get them in a position where they can because they're, they're your best advantage creators in general and if you can make it easier on them to not only get a shot for them but then play make as well like find another teammate that might be cutting and things like that so they're that's what the offense i've seen that they're doing more so uh vooch looks amazing like um, I feel like last season there was a multiple levels to why he struggled. Um, a lot of it is like they're asking him just to be like a floor spacer. Right. Uh, he's not, he's not. That's not who he is. You don't tell him to stand out and wait for the ball to be kicked out to him. Um, like you need to be involved more, getting him more touch, or getting him on post touches. A lot of times when people talk about post. That in the modern game, people kind of think, oh, like nobody plays out the post anymore. But it's not necessarily true. It's about how you utilize the post. Like if you watch, like I said, the actions that they run, you can get quick hits, Vooch in the post, and just getting him a touch. So like if he gets in, in the paint, in the in the post, quickly you, you get a little get a little uh, play run where he gets a ball down there. He can decide like if he has the advantage to with his footwork to kind of get a shot up, he do that quick. Or maybe he'll pass it out to a teammate cutting to the basket or that he sees open somewhere and just play like that as well. Uh, so you're seeing that more confident and more comfortable out there. Um, kind of oh, pushing I agree. 100%. There, I've seen them push the pace more. You're kind of seeing like with Lonzo being out, that was a concern. Are they going to be able to push that pace out there, especially with them utilizing more of these three, four guard lineups, um, especially unit you're seeing like Caruso, Kobe, uh, uh, Dragic out there. They're on the run. They're like, the moment they get the ball, they're pushing it as much as they can. Um, and then Javante, Javante, like if that three ball is legit, like Javante is being Javante with his like his motor is always at 100. percent He's always running like cutting to the basket. But if that three ball, I feel like it seems like his shot has his release is a little smoother. Um, obviously, like the percentage that he shot in 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 uh, preseason is not sustainable. Right. But if, if he can if he can give you like about thirty seven percent on like four attempts a game, that's major boost for the Bulls. So and and you'll take that, right? You'll take that hundred <laughs> percent. And that and that that's a hundred percent. That's like the funny thing too. Javante was just a throw in in that Daniel Gaffer trade, if you all remember. I know. I do remember that. Yep. Yep. So yeah, like. Those are some of the things that's like on top, like you know that 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 I really take away what we've seen in the preseason so far, and it's like all about the process more too, more so too than just the results. 
And Salim, I want to go back to something you first began the conversation by talking about. You talked about the new offense. And I think that that's the thing that I'm really excited about to see the different packages that Donovan has for us. Because you know he didn't show us everything in the preseason, right? They kept right. some of that stuff close to the vest. So I'm interested to see that. But I'm also happy outside of Lonzo, and obviously we don't know what's going on with Zach to a certain degree, but we don't have like the crazy injury situation like going into it. No new injuries. And so that right. part kind of makes me feel happy. That was one of the things, Al, that I was happy about coming out of a uh, preseason. No, 100%. You know, um, they can keep the injuries to the minimum. Um, I know last season, a lot of the time people were like, well, when they lost lines or everything derailed, but you, you ignore the fact that Zach's knee was bothering them all in that second half of the season. Um, that gets underplayed a lot. Yep. He was playing at an all NBA level. Yes, he uh, was. Even, even with that thumb injury, he had the offhand thumb injury. He was still playing at an all-NBA level. And then that knee injury started flaring up, and there were certain nights that looked like he shouldn't even have been out there. But No, no he shouldn't have been because he yeah. was even saying how he was second-guessing himself, like, hey, I know I can't go left. Can I even dunk on this play? Like, right. you don't want a basketball player thinking and not just playing the, the game, you know what I mean? Right, and 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 that that was a big, you know, that hurt the Bulls a lot. Like if if Zach was healthy all season, I don't think you really see that that dive that ended up having where the Bulls were just you know losing all these games and, and you know falling out. Um, and obviously Caruso, the the damn dirty play by Grayson Allen. Bro, uh, I'm still Bulls, in that dude's bumper. I'm still in this I, bumper. Yeah, I can't stand <laughs> that dude. Man, I don't like. Man, I don't, man, I don't want. I don't want to be the showdown. So we'll 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 get off of him. But, <laughs> but yeah, so like AC getting injured, that was a big loss. You obviously had Javante getting out of the lineup. So all these factors. If, if they can stay relatively healthy, like while Lonzo's coming back, like and Lonzo will probably be back. I'm thinking maybe later second half of the season, maybe probably. Yep. Um. But yeah, if they can if they can stay relatively healthy and 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 and. and I think we'll be fine and we'll be able to like sustain uh, the void of Lonzo, especially with all these, if Io can develop, if it looks like he has taken a step forward. Um, if Kobe can be a little more consistent with shooting, he is a good shooter. He just has this like moments where he goes on a little dry spells. Right. Um, yeah. Those little things you, you combine together. Um, I think you can, you can sustain and survive while Lonzo, is recovering now i want to kind of like table it right here for a second so you you spoke about pace obviously we know lonzo ball was a big part of that last season and that was a big key that we lost when he went down with the knee, the knee injury now i know you guys probably going to say brian take this with a grain of salt but i feel like lavar ball this week kind of came out and said they think that they figured out what the issue was with the knee how confident are you guys that lonzo when he comes back that we're going to have Lonzo full go? I don't know. I just, I, LeVar, LeVar said he was going to be ready at trading camp. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't LeVar, LeVar, LeVar's just, you know, he's, he's never going to say anything negative or bad about his sons. He's just not going to. He's, <laughs> he's like any father, right? He's not going to go out and, and say anything that's going to be detrimental to his son, and especially not LeVar, because LeVar is like, whatever, it's usually soccer mom. Yeah, this applies. He's the male version so of like, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, he's not, he's not going to, I don't really listen to LeVar when, when he's saying, um, like you hope they have the issue resolved. Um, 
you know, they, they felt confident last time they did the surgery and he was be back in six to eight weeks. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we, we have to hope that he is. That's all we can do as fans, really, is cross our fingers and hope that he's back because Lonzo's such a good player. Like, look, I'm talking about our, our floor being okay without him, but, like, he raises the ceiling of this team. Like, he's if he, he, he's not just a role player, right? Mm-hmm. Calling him a role player is kind of underselling what he brings. Like, he's yeah, the disrespectful. Yeah, he's the antithesis of how those like to play. Everything that they do on defense, he's such a smart defender. He's he's improved as a point of attack defender, but he also as an off-ball help roamer, so much things causes chaos, breaking up action, you know, deflecting ball and, and stealing it. Uh, on offense, pushing the pace, uh, just a smart passer, connector, shooting. He's he's one of the best spot up shooters in the league. Like you can sit, you can think about where he was coming into the league and what he's become as a shooter, like a high volume spot up shooter. Um, and again, like I said, yeah, overall, just such a high feel for the game. Just a smart, smart player. Um, and he, like, I also, I almost like to consider him like a borderline all star. Like he's, he's not a star. But he's also not just a role player. He's just right. so good. Um, I guess maybe if you want to consider him like a high-level role player, like a guy that's going to be like make a huge impact on the team, make like almost to the point at where you, you're, you're, he's adding so much value by win-wise that it's just like it's almost a star-level impact, but he's not exactly a star. And obviously that's getting into semantics, but yeah. <laughs> It's just you, that's what you got to hope that he can come back and be that guy. And and really, if you think about it, like his game isn't a lot of his game isn't predicated on athleticism because he's it's not like he's a driver, like a guy that drives to the basket a lot, right? That's his weakness right now in general, right? Get the, the rim pressure and things like that. So what we just need from him is the things that he already does. And if he can just come back and be okay. Man, that's just like a major boost for the team. And Salim, the last part that well, the, the major part that you brought up, and Al, I'm gonna let you get in here. Defensively, the things that you talked about there, I think that's the part about his game that doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, he's an elite yeah. level defender, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, him uh, and for 100 him, he's elite level defender. And then you come back with Caruso. Man, they're, they're kind of like, you know, it's funny. The, they were the mighty, the mighty Ducks, the Bash Brothers. They're kind of like that, those guys. They just, they just wreck havoc yep. on the other team's offense. Like, they're just putting everyone in jail. Like, listen, and, and when we saw that tandem, what they were able to do when they were together, it's like, that's, I miss that so much. Man. Me too. I just miss it so much. They was just locking fools up. It's they? beautiful. It's so beautiful. A two man game of just absolutely. Like every like between them, they would get like eight steals a game. It's like, come on. <laughs> it's like, um, so yeah, you're you definitely missed that. And and both of those guys, I, I I called both of those guys like the anchor of the Bulls defense when they were when they were ki- like the Bulls defense was killing it, it. It was because of those two. They were leading them, um, and and they're just so vital to everything the Bulls want to do. And that's why you ideally hope that like Io's taking that step, like. He is a good defender, but you know you saw a lot of rookie mistakes from him. Right? Yeah, it did. just happens. It's mm-hmm. the, the the understanding uh, of certain things that happens at the NBA level, and also 
just the speed of the game comes sometimes is different and you have to catch that. So I think I think you've seen that from I this preseason, like that he's trying to understand the game a little better and, and his his IQ and the feel is is getting better there too. So if he can step up and be that consistent defensive press um, combined with Russo, I think, you know, and then obviously when Hanzo comes back, it's that's gonna pay like major dividends. I think you all hit on some great points uh, with all those players, really, with Io and his growth. It's good to see him actually take the next step. I do like his confidence. I'll tell you, early on last year, we didn't see that, right? We saw our kids still trying to figure things out. Now you see him very much confident, knows what he want to do, knows how to play the game a lot better than he did last season. So I like what I'm seeing from him. And it's good to see him get, a, get the start in early, you know, to get the nod. So it does show a little bit of growth in him. But you think about Lonzo Ball, like you were saying, Salim, that's a lot we're missing right there when it comes out of him. You and Perez touched on a lot. But one thing I do want to point out is that when he passed the ball, that become contagious for the entire team. You talked a lot about that, Salim, with what he does on defense. That creates some offense, some fast breaks, some easy buckets, some highlights. That was – he was part of him and Caruso. That's what they were creating for this Bulls team. So you missing Lonzo, man, that hurts Valley in that department there. So and they're trying to figure it out. You all talk about the playbook and how it's changing. That's probably part of the reason with that because – Zoe's the one who actually ran the offense very well to get everyone involved. And now we're looking at, hey, you know what? We don't have that Zoe to do that. Now we're going to need other guys to do it together collectively. I mean, that's a, that's a great point, Al, especially when you talked about the fact of Lonzo. I mean, most of those fast break opportunities that we saw last year, he was starting those, right? And Caruso, right. a lot of times on the recipient end because he was running the floor right there with him. So right. to Salim's point, they were just wreaking, wreaking havoc on both ends of the floor. And it was fun <laughs> watching those two. You know what I mean? Really yes, fun. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and to your point, like, yeah, you're not going to replace Lonzo with one player. Um, there's multiple players that are going to have to chip in and, and with their different strengths that they provide. Like, obviously, Ida with his defense, if he can step up, Kobe's going to up to up his three-point shooting. Yes. Um, Goran even coming in, I think he's at least going to be better than like guys like Troy Brown Jr. and Matt Thomas. Right. Where he'll be at least be able to handle the ball and maybe provide some shooting. Um, obviously, he's not the shooter that he used to be, but like if you give, give us like 10 minutes off the bench that are more productive than either of those uh, aforementioned guys could have, uh, that's going to be a boost. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a collective effort. Uh, as far as replacing what Lonzo provides, and you're still not going to fully be able to replace that, but no. right. at, at least, at least, maybe you can sustain uh, while he's out. And and like I said, when he comes back, then like that ceiling raises even more. So I do have a question for for both of you guys when it comes to Kobe White. What, what were you guys' thoughts when you saw that they weren't able to work out an extension with them? Were you surprised? What, were, what kind of what was uh, in your minds when you saw that news? <laughs> So I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, it it, it it doesn't really make sense for Kobe to take a, a extension, a team-friendly extension, because, like, look, he could probably get more if he has a good season. Right. Um, but also at the same time, the Bulls, like, do they want to commit to Kobe long-term? That's a question, right? We don't know that. There was rumors about them trying to trade him, like, all offseason. They just couldn't get what they wanted, so then right. they ended up keeping him. And then, obviously, the Monzo's uncertainty, too, I'm sure that factored in them wanting to keep, keep him, at least for now. Uh, but I think about the long term, like, if Iowa is really their guy, 
where the odds that they keep Kobe because there's only so much money you can throw around in that backcourt, right? You have Caruso, Lonzo's on that long deal, Zach smacks out now. Right. Um, I, you're gonna have to extend Io next summer too. He's gonna contract be year, baby. Yeah. Contract year. He's, right. he's gonna be a restricted free agent. So I I think Kobe's gonna get traded at some point this season. We'll see. When. I'm hoping it's because like I'm hoping like I I still believe in Kobe. I'll say I'll say that much. Um, I I know he gets a lot of hate sometimes, on, yep. especially among the fandom, um, and people act like he hasn't improved at all. I think it's the nuances that people dismiss. Like, you know, I, I've 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 said this like I'm, as a broken record, but like if you if you remember from the end of December to the end of February, he was legit good. Like he was consistently playing well. But there was nights that we don't win games without him. Um, it just kind of, I think it, it just becomes a point where with a young player, he needs a consistent role and consistent minutes. And if you take that away from him, and if that did get away from him and Caruso came back, it just because there's not, there's so many guards back there. So that at some point you just like lose your minutes and it's kind of an adjustment period. And Kobe is also a rhythm player too. He's not mm-hmm. a guy that, he's he's not really a a guy, a standstill player. He needs the ball in his hands. He needs to get in touch, get involved somehow. Um, I feel like he needs to be able to get in that mid-range area too and and and, and kind of get the feel for it because that, I remember last season watching the game and, and thinking, I was talking to my guy, I'm sure you guys know who he is, Coach Lair Golden. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, um, he, he, I was talking to him. I was like, man, you know, have you noticed Kobe's not taking a lot of mid-range jumpers? He's like, yeah, that's kind of gone away from him. I was like, it's, I think that affected it too. Like I said, when you're when you're a rhythm player and you're only getting certain type of shots that you're not as much used to and not getting in the flow of the offense in the game, that can that can hurt you too. Um, defensively, obviously, he has to make big improvements, but I thought he made some small adjustment improvements. Like tra- his transition defense, I remember seeing multiple times. And man, Kobe got back on that play, and he he did a good job. Of of you know of breaking up that fast break. Um, sometimes I would see him move his feet well on on the other end, like just slowly and defensively too, like you know not falling for head fakes. Um, obviously, the pick and roll defense is the tough part. He always gets held up on screens, but I mean that comes with I think just like the aptitude, like knowing how to navigate screens better. Um, I mean you kind of probably. Sometimes you saw him do it better. Other times you didn't. Um, I think offensively is probably like the one really weakness. He needs to be able to finish through contact better at the rim. But I think you've seen him get better at finishing at the rim too. So, I mean, there's been slight improvements with Kobe overall. Um, and I think like if he ever gets an opportunity with consistent role and consistent minutes, you're definitely going to see a player that it's a positive like impact in helping a team like I'm not saying he's going to be a star one of these days or anything like that, but I still think he can be a valuable player to the team that's, you know, a playoff team that's, you know, in a regular part of a, of a rotation. I mean, he has talent. I mean, let's let's not fool ourselves there. Right. 100%. You, you know what, Salim, you brought up a point that it kind of made me chuckle. You talked about him getting to the mid-range. Now, you remember when Boylan was here and he didn't want those guys taking the mid-range. And I right. thought Kobe <laughs> was stunned a lot by that year under Boylan, because you could tell Kobe was like, wait a minute, I, I got an open shot here. You want me to pass the ball? <laughs> you know, so, right. <laughs> so that just made me almost like kind of laugh when you were saying right. that. Cause I'm like, cause I agree with you. He does need to get to that mid range. And 
isn't it interesting now that like we went from a coach that was coach away from open shots <laughs> to now we got DeMar DeRozan here who's the footwork king who makes his living in right. mid-range. Right. You know what I mean? And, and don't get me wrong, like the Bulls do need to shoot more threes. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it, it has to be in the flow, I feel like. It, you have to, you have to um, draw up where you can get threes, not just like randomly chuck up shots um, right right it has to be a quality not just not simply just quantity the, the, the quality has to be there too um and if if a guy is in that area well especially when he's comfortable in that mid-range area and he has the open look he shouldn't be he shouldn't be told that he shouldn't shoot that like certain guys certainly like Lonzo I would say you know what don't even bother shooting that mid-range area because I think there was a point like last season he went like 23 games in a row where he had not hit a mid-range shot. He just just terrible in the area. Yeah. But that's not who Kobe is. Kobe can hit that midi. So right. and that's part of his repertoire offensively. Like so it, it, he has to be able to just be a natural part of his game to kind of get him into rhythm. So, you know, that all comes into play. And then you start seeing the three-point ball going down. Even Vooch, like we've talked about, like it's all about rhythm stuff. So yeah. You know, that's why you're seeing then the three ball going on because you're in rhythm at that point. And I like what you're going there, Salim. You talk about Kobe being in rhythm because I think a lot of times last season he wasn't in rhythm because, you know, DeRozan, he's coming down for the mid-range. Guess right. what? That spot is taken. So you can't go mid-range. Now you're forced to be a three-point shooter. And that was the wrong idea because you're right. It limited his touches and then one had to make him a spot-up shooter. That's not his game being a spot of a shooter. He's a guy, like you said, needs the ball in his hand and get into a rhythm. So that rhythm was taken away from him based upon the style of the way the Bulls played last season. But I do understand when Brian talk about, bring up the question about him not getting extension, not working things out with the Bulls, you get a good point when so you talk about his role. What is his role? How does Kobe see himself, right? He's looking at himself mm-hmm. like, hey, I can, I can score. I can score the best of them. So, look, he's betting on himself now. Friends, like, we can't work a deal now. We'll go that route. You know how it go. Some guys win betting themselves. Some guys don't. But I do understand, like you said, Perez, he's, just, he's a good scorer. He really is when he got the usage. Now, a lot of times with his Bulls team, he don't have that usage. You know what I'm saying? Because you already know who the guys are on his team. The guy DeRozan, you got Zach Levine, the guy Booch. They even talk about pumping up Pat Williams. So where does Kobe come in there, right? Where does he get his shots in that way and be, can be consistent? So his role, got to give him more clarity as one. And then two, of course, as a young player, you see yourself as a bottom part of, of some team, whether it's the Bulls or somewhere else, you want to get that opportunity. Well, so I want to kind of stop it right there because you 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 said a lot right there. One thing, though, Salim, you, I mean, you remember what Salim said earlier in the, in the conversation, Vucevic, right? I think right. Vuce sacrificed a lot of his game. So we're talking about Kobe sacrificing. Vooch did as well. And a matter mm-hmm. of fact, what I saw from the preseason that really gave me confidence in Vooch is the fact that he looks comfortable again, like the point that you made, Salim. And I think, okay, you got Vooch who also wants an extension, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Such an underrated person in the, on this team that fans were starting to kind of like go at a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't realize, listen, if you watch this game, if you watch this team, you realize that this, this offense was going through DeMar, it was going through Zach, right? Right. So Vooch was relegated to being a, a spot-up shooter, which honestly, right. yeah, he could do that, but that's not his bread and butter. Right. But fans were getting pissed off, and they were like, oh, this, all this guy does is just sit out and park outside at the three-point line. Well, what do you want him to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where's his opportunity? Where's his opportunity? Right, you know, right. But what we saw, though, in the preseason, though, is we're seeing Vooch. I mean, the passing game for him, for him, 
is so underrated. People don't talk about that enough. I mean, that outlet pass that he had to Patrick Williams, I still be thinking about that shit. That shit was a thing of beauty. Right. You know what I mean? It was. It <laughs> was. He's a huge part of like, especially when teams go zone on the balls. Um, he's a big like zone buster because he, he's an offensive hub that both like Zach and DeMar can rely on. And he can play make out, out of that short row. Yep. Um, being able to find guys either cutting to the basket, diving to the basket, getting it out to shooters. Um, so that's that's a big part of who you know Vooch is and why he's so important and that gets undervalued. And I know people harp on his defense and stuff too. And look, yeah, Vooch isn't like Bam or anyone like that. He's not Gobert. He's not gonna he's not gonna clean up you know right. like bad defense. No, he'll he'll do his job. And that's his baseline. Like he'll he'll rotate over when he's supposed to rotate over. He'll do with his minimal stuff, but he's not gonna clean up your mistakes. So, it, it, is he limited? Yes. Is he a bad defender? No. There's difference. There's a there's a nuance in that, and there's a difference between being bad and limited. It's just a difference. And and I think fans a lot of times understand that. And sometimes it comes out to understanding the scheme, what the Bulls are doing schematically, defensively. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times when that goes over people's head, they just assume that it's all Booch's fault. And it's like, come on, guys. We got to understand what's going on. Like, And obviously, people have favorites, and no one ever wants to criticize Zach and DeMar. But a lot of times, DeMar and Zach would just turn tables on the perimeter, too, when, especially in the pick and roll. Like, yeah. you know, they, they get stuck on screens so easily sometimes. Right. And that's that right there breaks down the defense. Um, they obviously they have to do better there. Zach can do better. I don't Demar is a little bit more like at at, at this stage, especially like as, as like lateral movement goes, he's not as quick laterally on his feet on the defensive end. But Zach can be. Zach can be consistently better. Um, and that I think we've seen Zach improve. And defensively over t- over the last few years, but there's definitely more improvements he can make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where like I think that's where the downturn really happened because when Lonzo and and, and AC got injured, you know, that them being such such elite point of attack defenders, that's why you ended up seeing such much a lot of breakdown because then Vooch had to, you know, basically cover for the bad point of attack defense, and then there was not much help on the backside, protecting the backside. And right. to get into Pat, that's something where we need to see him take the step up, be that backside defender, and, and really step up his game there. I know people focus on his offense a lot, um, and certainly he needs to be consistent there too and be a solid you know, uh, improve his shooting and, and, you know, take the opportunities and be aggressive, cutting to the basket and various things like that. And that'll happen over time. But if he can become that sound defensive presence, that's going to, you know, go a long way for the Bulls too. And Salim, I'm glad you, you went there because I was getting ready to come to you guys and ask you about the Pat Williams effect. So I had the the privilege of interviewing him this season. I, I'm on the uh, Chicago Sky Beat and I got mm-hmm. to talk to him courtside and he was talking about those infamous DeMar DeRozan workouts that he went through, right. like getting up at four and five o'clock in the morning. He basically said, DeMar put him through hell, right? And he said, hey, I feel ready for this season. And he said, also too, Brian, he said, I have to cover this guy in practice every damn day, right? So he's like, I'm ready. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on Pat Will because he's going to start there on Thursday. Salim, you brought up the fact of Javante Green, and I thought Javante Green, honestly, in my opinion, 
I thought he should have been the one to start it that game. Yeah. I think he should start, right? right. I want to get you guys' thoughts on Pat Williams. Like, what is because like what do you think it is? Is what do you think it's gonna take to unlock him? Because the guy has all the talent in the world. We saw it in that Buck series. He can do it. It's just some something's like holding him back. But I want to get you guys started on Pat Will. Yeah, I mean, like, so you know, there's certain things that right now we expect out of Pat that I think we just have to have patience on. I think like certainly this season, as the games go on, we need to see that development happen, but we also need to give it time. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they should have got him off the bench because right now I feel like he's more comfortable, and especially when you're talking about assertiveness offensively, he's more comfortable when he has the ball in his hands to be assertive. Um, he, his off-ball game is not that developed yet because he's still – there's times you see him being able to know that, okay, I'm going to cut to the basket here. Um, other times he just kind of stands in the corner and waits. Um, it's a, that's a learning process. That's a, that's a process of development that's going to come with time where it becomes more familiar to him. I know there's a lot of people that go out there and just say he should play like Javante. Why can't he just play like Javante? Well, Javante has been doing that, like, for a long time, right? He was He was a player that, he, he played overseas, you know, he came in, and what got him into a league is playing like that. He knows, like, Javante knows, when I wake up and get on this court, if I don't play like this, I'm not going to, I'm not getting a paycheck. I'm going to be sitting at home. That's right. Right? So, Pat's always been comfortable with the ball in his hand. Even, like, you know, you go back to his high school days and you look, you know, and things like that. It's 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 a it's about him being more comfortable having ball in his head. So it's that's that's the process. So that's why I did feel like him coming off the bench would be better because it'd be, ba- it'd be it wouldn't be a bad idea to stagger his minutes away from Zach and Demar and get him a little more comfortable and as he's developing and and learning how to play with Zach and Demar and doing other things too. Then you can see him take that step and development. And I um, guess that was my thinking too, Salim. I can't, you kind of took the, my thought right out of my head. I think he leading the the second unit. I think that's probably right. potentially how you can unlock him a little bit, you know? Right, right. And it gets get some more comfortable. And and people and and obviously in the long run, we need him to become that starting four. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I don't think this season is great for that. But all we need Pat to do is whether he's come like Billy said too, like. It's not about starting um, necessarily. It's about what he can do to maximize how he's helping the team. And that could be off the bench too. And really, he also mentioned like staggering the Pat's minutes with the bench. And I like that. I do like that. I like that he's Billy's going to do that. Because I think Billy sees that. Look, for Pat, Pat Moore, he does need to be staggered away from DeMar and, and Zach. And eventually... As he gets more comfortable, more confidence, learns more as his game develops, then you can see him slowly, you know, functioning in with Zach and Demar and 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 figuring out that yeah, okay, I can do this with them too. Uh, but it's a process; it just is. And I, I know sometimes fans don't like that because it's it's because the Bulls are trying to win too, but. It is. It's a process. Not, you know, not every young player is the same. Everyone likes to look at Scotty Barnes and all these other players. They, well, why can't 
why can't he do this? They're not the same. They're just not the same players. It's, it's all different situations, man. You can't just look at another player and say, if Pat's doing it, why can't this guy, oh, this guy's doing it, why can't Pat do it? It's just about, it's just about everyone has a different development curve. And, and really development isn't linear either. It's not like just because you're not doing it now or are doing it now, the next step for sure is going to be, you're going to be doing this or you're never going to do it. Right. So it's, it's like I said, you know, it, it is, it, it's hard for sometimes fans to have that patience. Um, and that's what it comes down to. And like I said, I've seen good things on Pat. I, I feel confident. And if he has the, like what sucks is last season, like that, all that time taken away from him. Like we saw the development IO had as the season went on. We even saw, like I said, Kobe development. Um, hell, Tyler Cook. We saw development him, and I, and and he was doing some good things. I was man, if Pat yeah, was. was around all season, we would have seen that development, and we would have seen him get comfortable. And that just that time away it sucks. It just sucks. I don't care what anyone says. You can learn a lot by sitting on the sideline, but there's you are not going to get better unless you're on that court, learning and playing. So, yeah, that, that injury hurt him, and it also hurt the team. So that's a hell of a point. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So like, it 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 is this is it's a process, man. And we we're going to have to be patient. And he, yeah, he there's certain things he has to do, and I think Billy handled the right way, the way the coach should. He's challenging him. He's not ba- putting baby gloves around Pat, right? He 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 right. He, the things that he says and and in the in the post game, he doesn't make excuses for Pat. And that's good. I'm glad Billy's not making excuses for Pat. Um, but yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's it's going to be a process, and that's something I, I'm. I think Pat can do, and I think he'll we'll see the development happen as the season goes on. Yeah, I like where you're going with that, Celine, because I think with Pat and what you always said as well, Brian, it's about him playing with that second unit as well, because that's where you may not see him even at the power four spot. You may even see him at the three, right? Maybe somewhat at the two guard. It does make a difference. And who are you out there playing with as well? We know with DeRozan, Zach Levine out there, we know the ball is going to those guys. Where does he fit in in that process? It's hard. It really is hard in this starting rotation because, again, your touches are limited, you know, and also where you're getting your shots from. A guy like Green is a guy that gets all the dirty work. He, he don't right. need the ball to be effective. He can no. score in a variety of ways. That's not who Pat Williams is, right? We know that already. You hit it on the head, so he needs the ball. So, therefore, what does he get the touches at? Mostly to have the ball in his hands. That is what the second unit. I remember the Bulls do the same thing in the back of the day when they had Scotty and Mike, right? A lot of times you saw Scotty scoring a lot of points with that second unit. Correct. Because that first unit was like, hey, we going through Jordan, right? No offense, man. Same way Pat wins, same way you need the ball to be effective. Maybe that's where your opportunities come in. At. And I think he'll do very well with that second unit because those guys, when they run, right? The young guys, they want to get out. They're athletic. They want to do some things. And that's where you probably see more of his aggressiveness because we would not really be able to see that part of it in the starting rotation because we got three other guys who probably be a little bit more aggressive than him. And his limited shots going to be there. It's going to be limited shots for him in that first unit. No, no, go ahead. You, you talked about that second unit. I thought that second unit for both of you guys, I want to get your thoughts on it. I thought they flashed a lot of chemistry in the preseason, right? So whether yeah. it's Pat Will or it's Javante, I think either one of those guys are going to be really great to run with those young guys. Dalen Terry, we haven't talked about him yet. That right. kid right there, he's fun. He, he's fucking fun he to is. watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Dalen believer. I, I think I, I'm on the record already saying that the AK got a, I got the right pick. I, I, it, it's a head pick. I think he's going to be in the league for a long time. Um, 
but yeah, like, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, it, it's it's a it's it's a process for him, and and not to say that Pat can never get there. It's just going to be a learning factor, and that's something he's going to have to get comfortable. And that bench unit, to, to your point, uh, Ryan, you, you, we've seen a lot of like three, four guy lineups, um, and they're ready to push the pace. The moment they get the ball, they're pushing the pace out there. And and you're right, the the, the chemistry is there. They know what the they know their roles, like to be the, to be a star in their roles, and they know what they have to do when they're coming off that bench, um, and. And hopefully that's that's a making of a spot there. Like, you know, like come in and, and give us that energy and that, you know, make up for uh, some of the, the, the lacklusterness maybe if the starters aren't, aren't coming out with that energy. And I think all of them start to play well. They play free. I think that style of play kind of works for that young group. Because that's the style a lot of, again, how people are being taught these days, right, with playing basketball, that up and down, right, that high tempo. You know, you take a shot, you go down. Quick shots, right? Get down, run the floor very well, right? Cuts, get to the basket, all those things. You got the green light to play that well, play that style. Oftentimes, you won't see that happening with the starting unit, right? And so you got to play more like a system for the most part with some of these starting units, right? Depending on what coach, head coach, what they want to do. Like with this Bulls team, how they playing, right? They playing a certain style. But off that bench, you just can just go, man. Go bring that instant energy. And that is a game changer, instant energy. You just go and play a hustle defense, Grabbing rebounds, getting down the floor, making good passes, quick shots. That can also wear a team down. I mean, not even just to mention those two, but uh, like Salim was saying earlier, Caruso, right? All yep. we saw Caruso do this preseason to do Alex Caruso things. Right. I mean, stealing the basketball, right? I mean, his stat lines, yeah. right? Typical Caruso. I mean, assists, rebounds, steals. I mean, that's what you could expect from this guy. You know what True. I mean? And we had that stolen from us last season by that piece of shit from Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna go in for a second because when I saw Caruso out there playing, I'm like, that was raw from us in that second half of the season. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's total bullshit. But I'm glad that he's back out there, and I love Salim with the benchmark reference. That got me fired up over here. I love hey, that man. OG benchmark <laughs> reference. If they can, yeah. if they can have, if they can get there, um, that that's. That'll take us. That'll 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 be a big boost if they can get that you know cohesive cohesiveness again. Um, I think Billy had mentioned too, like he's not afraid to try that five be- five man bench unit either. So um, that's what that bench mob was, right? They they had that five man bench unit where they yep. would be all five would be guys on the off the bench and they would just come in and lock up the other team other team second unit and just run on them, right? So. Let's see if let's see if they can form this year. I mean, like the depth, the depth might not be the same. We'll see. We'll find out though. We'll find out if guys like Drummond and and Dragic yeah. were the right signings, and we'll find out what guys like if Kobe has you know taken that step with with his consistency. Um, obviously, Javante is going to be Javante. We'll we'll see if Dalen starts stealing some minutes here. Um, I yeah, think it's, there's it's quite there's possible, potential. Right? It's, it's yeah. poten- there's a potential there. Like he could steal, like maybe we talk about. We don't know what Bulls plan with Kobe is as far as his his long term future. Maybe he eventually you know, takes Kobe's spot if Kobe gets traded or 
one way or another, or even Goran's spot. Like, you know, he takes steals minutes from Goran because obviously that, you know, he's he's on here for, I think, what, the one-year deal? Maybe yep. two-year deal, the one-year deal. One-year vet minimum, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like there's, there's potential there on the bench with, and then Drummond, you know, Drummond, I think I, I said that he would be what we needed Tristan Thompson to be. <laughs> um, right. Be that guy that grabs rebounds and and just kind of, you know, put back around the basket. Um, I'm not expecting this three-point sniper. I, I think that's going to stay. <laughs> I think that's going to stay in the preseason, if I'm right. being honest. Uh, but, like, we'll see. Like, if Drummond, Drummond's issue historically has been when he tries to do too much, like, out of his game. Yeah. Um, I think that in game one, he was trying to be fan, like, he was trying to be nice with it and made that little pass and then it were like, he sent it, like, 10 rolls into the stand or whatever. <laughs> that was like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's stuff like that. It's like, just stay within your, within who you are. Yeah. Do those things that we need you to do, and I think we'll be fine. Um, I was going to say, and I mean, to that point, I mean, you got me kind of hyped about Drummond because I like the move when it, when it happened. I mean, the, the rebounding. I mean, he's an elite mm-hmm. level rebounder still. I mean, I mean, come on, it's only a couple of years ago. This guy was averaging like damn near 15, 20 rebounds a game. Right, and right. To have somebody like that coming off your bench, the three-point shoot, I don't know where the hell that came from, Salinas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't expect it this transition. But, yeah, and to the rebounding point, like the Bulls, when Ruch was off the floor, they were like one of the worst defensive rebounding right. teams. So he's going to be a major factor in, you know, making sure the Bulls can, you know, secure the rebound because you know a lot of a lot of the bull defensive issues in that when with later in the second half happened because they couldn't secure that rebound. Yep. Like you know the defensive possession doesn't end until you rebound secure the rebound. Um you know so that that was a big issue as well. So they would they would make match rotations they would get the stop but then they would not get the rebound. So that's gonna be major too if 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 Drummond can just be himself, um, he's arguably arguably one of the best backup centers in the league. I would say. I, I would so, I would agree with that. I would agree. So I think that. he I think he's gonna be positive for sure. Um, like yeah, he'll be positive addition to the team. I think. Um, obviously they've needed it because Tony Bradley, you know, oh, nothing against Tony Bradley. He just hasn't <laughs> been able to. He hasn't been able to do what he does. Like he's he's good defensively, but like. He, his hands, like he can't catch the ball, and, and it's not his fault. Like asking him to do certain things, <laughs> he's not. He can't catch the ball on the roll. His hands are like stone hands. Um, yeah. He's 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 okay putting it around the basket, but like I said, he's such a limited player. Like there's only so much you can ask for, and then and then like a guy like Simonovich, I he's not even an NBA player. So not yet, um, not yet. He's not ready. He needs yet. some more. He, 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 he needs some more seasoning. You don't think yeah, so? I don't think. I mean, you guys probably. I'm. I'm, you guys have seen more Wendy City games than yeah. I have, but I, I just don't think he's an NBA player. I think they the like I was told by somebody in the know that he was a favor pick for to an agent that has a lot of power in Europe. So I heard this, the same. I heard the same thing as well. Yeah, so I think like that's the reason they took him, and he's not going to be on the team after after his contract expires and he'll probably be back in Europe or maybe in the G League somewhere trying to make another roster. When you come to Marco, I do agree with you. I remember when I first saw him, Salim, when we were down in the G League watching some of those games and I looked over at Al and I said, 
this kid's not ready, man. I'm like, he's down here in the G League getting served up. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed, though, is when he got brought up to the big league club and he got around those guys, you started to see a different Marco in the second half when he went back to the G League. I, f- I felt like he put on a little muscle. He was a little bit more physical down there. And I know I'm only talking about the G League here. No, I'm sure. I, I think that he needs just a little bit more time. I think he could be a serviceable backup. But to the point that you made, that was a favor. We know how they used to do things with that last regime, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> but I think that you got something there with this guy. I really do. And him and, and Vooch, they're really tight. I'm sure Vooch will get him under his wing and get him ready. You know, I think Marco will be okay in the future. Right now, he's not ready. He's not ready. He needs yeah. to go back down to the G League, you know what I mean, and, and get some more seasoning, in my opinion. But I wanted to to touch on another thing that you brought up that I wanted to get you guys' like more extended thoughts on. You talked about Dalen Terry potentially stealing minutes, and I thought that that was like a really good point, Salim, that you made because I'm looking at Dragic. Now, he was a little sluggish when he first started, then he kind of came on, right, started mm-hmm. shooting the ball very well. But I know he was promised these 25 minutes a game and all this bullshit. I don't see this happening over the course of yeah. this season. You know what I mean? So I want to get you guys' thoughts on who do you think he's going to steal those minutes from? Because it's got to be Dragons for sure. Yeah, that's – I'm hoping that 25 minutes was nonsense because I'm, <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be mad if he's stealing minutes from Io uh, and and even Kobe if he's stealing minutes from him. Yeah. Because, man, I, like give him 10 minutes – here or there. Um, I don't even know if he'll be able to play every game just because at his age. Um, they'll probably have to set him a lot, a few games here and there. But, yeah, I, I think Dale and 100%, like I said, those are the guys I'm looking at. Like, like Kobe, if he gets traded, and then uh, Dale, uh, Dragic for sure, like him coming and stealing, sneaking in some of his minutes. And if you look at it, too, the Bulls do need more, another wing while Lonzo is out. So, yes. Um, they need that length, you know, to be at that three slash two. So if he, he, he could sneak in maybe, and, and he seems like one of those guys that, Billy, put me in, man. And the moment yep. he gets a chance, he's not going to let go. Like, he's no, not, he's not. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to capitalize on it. I mean, he, he's a smart player, too, man. He has a nose for the ball. He has a feel for the game. Like he, I, I just I love the kid, man. He has that Jimmy Butler in him. I'm a, if you know me, you know how much I love Jimmy Butler. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I love Jimmy Butler. I love that he's still my favorite player in this league. So, like, I, he has that chip in him. Like you know the the meme, the dog in him. Yeah, has that. He has that. He he's he's going in there. He's gonna get feisty. He's gonna get in people's faces. He's gonna piss people off. And that's good. We need that. We need that attitude. We need. Yeah. I don't want. I don't like. I don't need everyone to be nice. Uh, another thing, Big Dave says the goon. He has a goon in him, right? He, Big uh, Dave's right about that. Right. <laughs> he's a goon. That's and I like that. Yeah, we need that. You need that on a team. You can't have a bunch of nice guys. We got too many cannot. damn nice guys. Too many we do. damn nice guys. <laughs> Not, like uh, entire team cannot be. Demar's a nice guy. Zach's a nice guy. Book is a nice guy. All these guys are nice guys. It's. Kobe's a nice guy, you know. We need a guy that's going to be, like, getting a dude's face and piss people off. Mm-hmm. We need that. And Dalen is that dude. And, and the thing is, we know his minutes are going to be scarce to start off. But I'll tell you one thing. All it takes mm-hmm. is, like, one injury to happen, and he gets that opportunity. And I'm telling you, he's that kind of guy. Like you said, Salim, he's not going to let that go. Go ahead, Al. I'm with you, Brian. That's the key factor right there, health-wise. 
And we right. can't say we trust Zach Levine when it comes to his health. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I like Zach. I love him, man. But, hey, those knees, man, hey, it happens, right, to, to the best of them. And that's going to be a lingering thing, even probably through all part of the season. And the thing is, the Bulls may have to rest them, right? I think Sleeve is headed to the point. Him and DeMar DeRozan, how much you want to overwork these guys in a regular season if you have aspirations to make the playoff? He definitely has that hunger in him, man. He's going to play. So if you think about these other guys on our team, all of them, he can still minister every player on that team for us from one through three. He's got the size. You know, that. that's, nope. I mean, what, six, seven? I mean, and we saw a little bit of that positional edge from him in, in the summer league. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe he needs to bulk up a little. He, he right. does need to bulk up a little, like his yeah. core strength. Um, but, yeah, the, every, the intangibles are there for sure. Yeah, off the charts for sure. Off the charts. Yep. Well, Ali, I mean, you you went ahead and just, like, pulled the pin on the grenade. So here we go. When I saw that he popped up as questionable for the game, yeah, I got a little worried. I'm not going to lie to you because I'm like, here we go again. I mean, I saw that we were kind of pacing the guy over the course of, you know, over the course of the preseason. I know that this summer he didn't really play a lot of pickup. He kind of took it easy, obviously, first-time father. So he was kind of, you know, ramping down a little bit this offseason. So the fact now that we still are kind of in this nursing period with Zach, I mean, I, I don't want to be an alarmist, but I have concerns, fellas. I have concerns. Yeah, you know, it's – so, they, they, you know, Casey originally tweeted that he was questionable, right? Then there was a quote by Zach. Um, says the main thing is I'm I'm healthy and I feel really good, not having any aches and pains and being able to play without any limitations in my mind is huge. So I, I look at that and I'm thinking I'm kind of brainstorming here. It's like you know how every team with their star player they put questionable and they put some kind of thing before a game. They're perfectly fine, right? But they do it because just in case down the line they want to do a load management, mm. they can do that. And I'm thinking that's what this might be. I'm, I hope so. I'm hoping. And maybe that's a part of me hoping too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, Zach didn't look great in preseason, but I, I didn't feel like physically he was limited. It was more so like just conditionally. Right. Like his, his conditioning wasn't right. Because uh, I think you had pointed out because he hadn't played five on five. Uh, all off season, right? He was just mostly just doing workouts. So he's this this preseason, and and this maybe in the one first week or two, uh, he's gonna have to get into basketball shape. And we all know basketball right. shape is different than being mm -hmm. in shape. You can be in the best condition, but then having to run up and down that court is a different animal. So um, he maybe just needs to get into basketball shape, and that'll be fine. And and I'm that's what I'm hoping for. Like originally when I saw that question. Me too. I was like, man, the Bulls are always a buzzkill. Like, I'm hyped for tomorrow, and now Zach is questionable. What the hell? Like, what is going on? Like, get out of here. Like, that. It's like, but, but that's what I'm hoping for. Like, that quote makes me think that it's more so about just having that, like, they'll, they'll probably put Zach on their injury report every game just to down the line when there is a back-to-back -back and the first night, for example, you're playing like the Orlando Magic and then the second night you're playing the Miami Heat. So you yeah. can say, okay, you know what? We're going to sit Zach tonight and then against the Heat we'll play him. Example, just an example. Or just finding ways to give him just like, like the whole load management, like the what Kawhi does and things like that. That's what I'm thinking this is. We'll find out. The reason there... 
they might decide to load management. And you're right, the back-to-back -back games, that's going to be critical right there because you're right. You may not see Zach in a lot of those back-to-back uh, -back games, for us, especially early on if we're doing that. I haven't looked at the season when the games are, when the back-to-backs fall in that, though. But definitely those are the points to where you may see, like you said, a lot of times where Dalen Terry and those guys get more minutes because of their reason there, because it's going to be there at that point. But you're right. You got to do a better job with Zach to ensure, because now you invested all this money in him, you can't blow his knee out. The Bulls right. have to be very careful with that part. 215 million reasons. I, I'm with <laughs> Salim. I'm with Salim. I hope that he's right. I hope this is just cautious injury management. I really do. Yeah. Because you got to think about it. In this modern NBA, an audience, don't, don't, don't kill me here. But this is what <laughs> we've seen. You guys brought up, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Kawhi Leonard, right? We, we see it all the time with these guys, yep. you know? These guys are not going to play back-to-back -back games. And, A-Dub, you brought up a good point. We probably shouldn't expect to see that from Zach this season. You know what I mean? Because right. we probably got a lot of back-to-backs on the schedule. Right. It's most important that Zach is steady throughout the season and healthy going – as healthy as he can. Because no one's 100% going into the playoffs. It's a long season. So everyone's, right. banged, everyone's banged up here and there. But you want to be banged up where you're sore, not banged up because you're injured, Right. Um, and right. that's what that's what they need to do is make sure Zach is ready to go in the playoffs and he's not limited um, in the playoffs. That's the number one important thing for this franchise to do is to make sure both Zach and Demar really are not you know they don't get hurt. They need to watch those guys' minutes and ideally with the, with the, the the glut in the backcourt they can maybe monitor his minutes to make, keep him around 32 33 minutes as opposed to playing him 36 yeah. 7 minutes those little things can make a difference and like it's like you already talked about sitting out on a back to back or a four, fourth game in five nights you know finding ways to just steal rest time for Zach and even DeMar yeah. it's going to be critical no, I mean, that's that's a fair point. I mean, for me, I'm just hoping that he didn't suffer any sort of a setback. Yeah. So, I, so I'm, I'm glad Salim was on the show, Audie. So you see, you see that? I was, getting ready to, I was getting ready to alarm some damn alarm bells around here. My man Salim was like, no, nah, Brian, relax. It could just be cautious. I, you're welcome. I, I, I'm hope I'm right, too, though, because I was with you originally. Like, when I, <laughs> my original reaction was like, Throw this team away. What the hell? Like, why is this happening? Like every damn year, every damn year we get to this, this shit and someone's hurt and just killing us. But I, 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 after, you know, after my original reaction, I was like, you know what? Well, maybe this is what this is. So we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Hopefully that's what it is. And, and I'm right. And we can, and we can just move on from it. I hope so, man. We've been burned so many times. And this, obviously, no, I'm, sure, I'm, in a, I'm in a bit of an emotional situation these days because after watching that Bears game on Thursday night, uh. <laughs> we talked about a little bit in that pre, in that, our pre-show. Guys, I mean, artists, you just got to forgive me. Like, that Bears game just threw me for a loop. So I'm just, any sort of news that I get this little bit off, it's going to just send me into a little bit of a fit. So. Oh, 100%. <laughs> man, they need to, they, like, man, the Bears are going to get Justin killed, man. I, they didn't protect oh. that kid. I, I, I made a joke tweet the other day when Io got the nod to start. I was like, like may, may the basketball guys or whatever I tweeted protect Io Kasuma from all evils of this world. Because <laughs> uh, this guy needs to, like, we have had bad luck with starting point guards, and especially yep. with Chicago, especially oh. from Chicago oh. starting point guard. So, yeah, let's just keep this kid safe. Like, everyone in this, if, whoever listens to this episode, Salim's telling you, you see Io, you have his back. Protect That's him. Right. 
Protect form, him at all form, costs. Form a wall around him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice your body for Ayo to Like, man, we gotta we, we gotta hope that Ayo can stay healthy because it's been bad luck for Bulls point guards and yeah, Chicago sure Bulls point Chicago from Chicago uh, Bulls point guard. So, but I'm so proud of him, man. I mean, Ayo, oh, for bro. sure, man. Oh my this goodness, dude, bro. This dude oh. was, you know. He 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 was clearly a a first round pick. He was killing arguably he was a lottery talent. Yes, right. Um yeah. some folks and, didn't get the memo, Celine. They didn't get yeah. the memo. <laughs> and you know, I, I'll say this. I was I was one of them. Like I I I like I wasn't upset with them taking him in the second, but I, I did overlook him originally. Um because I'm not a big college, I'll be I'm not a big college basketball person, so like okay. I don't watch a lot of college basketball. Um, I knew I knew who Io was just because obviously is he played for Illinois. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he's proven everyone like what he is, and it's funny. Like I, I have a whole thing about like the draft and a lot of scouts because of age, they they tend to overlook guys who are already a certain age. But it's like okay, these guys already have a baseline NBA skill set, like. Just because they're 21 doesn't mean they're close to their ceiling already. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you, you see, like you look at a guy like Herbert Jones with the Pelicans. Like he was 23, but like this guy, he was he he was in the he went to the second round, and he's arguably the best perimeter defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. Like he's defensive player of the year caliber. Good. That that's how good he is, and it's insane. Like guys that are going um, in the second round like that, and like guys that are NBA ready um, because obviously you want to take the guy that might be more raw and have upside and whatever. But it's like, listen, man, I, if I'm, if I have a late first round pick, I'm not taking a guy that is raw and might have, a, I'm taking the guy that I know is going to come in and, and have an NBA skill set already. Um, then I can, but then have faith in my player development to progress him even further and then he becomes like a big time player you know what i'm saying like i just mm-hmm. i feel like you have to have faith in your 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 player development that you see the baseline skill set on this kid and you're passing on him because he's 21 come on what are we doing right. and see i think that's my problem with scouting and we're on that Illini beat so we got to see io up and close and personal that last year at illinois and I'll tell you one thing, I'm not even going to get on this show in line and say that I thought that I would be the starting point guard of the, of the Bulls in season two. For sure. I thought he was going to be like a solid role player. And my fa- in fact, Salim, I thought he'll probably split time between the Windy City Bulls and the big team. Yeah. I thought he would be going back and forth. Right. I was like, shut the fuck up, Brian. I ain't stepping foot down there <laughs> right. in the Windy City Bulls. <laughs> right. No, I for sure, I was with you. Like, I didn't even think he would play um, most of the season. Um, I thought he would be like like you said, he would he would spend time with Windy City Bulls. You know, he would have guys ahead of him learning, and maybe he would get some minutes later in the season if injuries happen and things like that. But not nah, this kid came in. Billy liked what he saw from him right away, gave him an opportunity, and Io said, "Like, don't give me an opportunity because I'm taking it. I'm running away with it." Right. You know, he he stole minutes from people. He stole minutes from Kobe. He stole minutes from mm-hmm. a bunch of guys. Like he he, he actually what he did. Well, he took away Troy Brown Jr.'s role. Um, he did. Yep. Yeah, he, he came in and and and, tro- and and really he 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 let Troy Brown Jr. off the hook because 
people would have hated Troy Brown Jr. even more because if Iowa wasn't good right away, like because people we were expecting a lot from Troy Brown Jr. that That's season true. to step yeah. in mm-hmm. and be that wing and 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 that and and, and that two and that kind of be the little you know the not only the uh, floor spacer but be that defensive presence. Um, but Io came in and did what Troy Brown Jr. was supposed to do, and obviously Troy Brown Jr. is on a team anymore. But yeah, he basically stole Troy Brown Jr.'s role. He and, took as much, and, and you know, obviously Troy Brown t- Jr. did take some criticism, but not as bad if if Io you know didn't turn up. Yeah, it's been impressive watching Io. You guys know the points about him what he did last year, how he earned those minutes with his defense and his hustling and all that good stuff, man. You got to enjoy that bottom. But one thing about his game that I do enjoy is the fact that he is making progress, you know, for sure when it comes down to his shooting ability and all those different things. And I mean, you see him shoot, he's very confident in his shot now. But I also like what he's doing off the court, man, as well, with giving back and all those different things, you know, pulling up on foundations, you know, hosted by Obama and all that stuff, man. It's just that he's becoming a pro-pro and giving things back to the youth, man. And I, I kind of like those things about him as well as what he does on the court. So this is a guy you can see that can definitely be a role model for the kids, not only also understanding the hustle, how it be to be aggressive on the court. So you got to give that kid a lot of credit coming from out of Illinois and representing the hometown. Not just coming out of Illinois. Coming out of Chicago, right. Southside Chicago, baby. Yes, Don't sir. forget that part. And <laughs> in the day and age where people like to paint narratives about our communities, yeah, you look at a kid like that and you remember he ain't the only one that's in those areas. Io had an opportunity. He yep. took that opportunity. He ran with that opportunity. And I hope young kids that are listening to this show right now look at that kid and don't just say, "I want to be Io." Try to be better than I.O. Because then that's how we get all of our areas to be elevated and to be better. Because he is an example, a sterling example of what hard work does, what good determination does, but what good family structure does. If you look at I.O., he's always with his family. His mom's always there. He's always surrounded by his people. So when Salim was saying protect this man at all costs, I don't think you got to worry about that with that family around him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's he's sure, solid, man. you know what I mean. He's solid, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm hyped. I'm, I'm excited. Like I, I've gotten to the point where I think like he's just underrated. His ceiling is underrated. Yeah. Um, like he could be a really good player in this league, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. But yeah, yeah. And, and, and you're too IO body. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, you IO. You're like, man, did you eat the weights? <laughs> yeah, man. This dude, this dude was definitely. He was quietly grinding. You know. Every, I, I, everyone's eyes were on Pat, and, and deservedly so. Pat's like the fourth pick, the the guy that a lot of the Bulls' future relies on. But like, I think Io, Io's, you know, gonna kick down that door and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm a big part of your future too. So don't don't forget that." So, no facts there. Well, Salim, we appreciate you for pulling up with us, man. Thank you so much. And audience, I forgot to even mention. We didn't even wish my man a happy belated birthday. His birthday was yesterday, Salim. So happy belated birthday to you, my guy. Oh, uh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was uh you know, it's funny. Like I don't really get hyped for birthdays anymore. I'm, I'm an old, <laughs> I'm an old man now, man. So like, uh, I just, I just enjoy them. You know, another birthday is good. You know, you live life. Life is good. You know, you keep 
keep getting older and hopefully I keep getting, I can get wiser too. <laughs> so, you know, that's all you got to hope for. And, you know, I had a good birthday. A lot of support and love was shown out to me and, you know, you don't take that for granted. So you can't, man. Life is uh, short, it's precious, but it's also what we make of it. You know what I mean? 100%, yeah. 100%, man. Well, man, before you get out of here, man, for our audience that's not familiar with Bulls Go, which if you're not, what's wrong with y'all? What y'all doing out here? But <laughs> could, could you tell the audience a little bit about how they can find your program and also where your Twitter handles at and all your social medias, my guy? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, you can find us um, under – if you search Bulls Gold or under Barroom Network, we're under all different, you know, podcast platforms. Like if you listen to Apple, Spotify, Podbean, um, Stitcher, whatever you'd like to use for your podcast provider, we're, we're under there. Uh, like I said, you can look under Barroom Network or under Bulls Gold. Um, you can follow me at Salim Sports. My name is for Essen, Sam, A-L-I-M, as in Mary, underscore B-G hoops. Um, you can follow my main man, Ed, at Edward, Edward Schuler Jr. Uh, and then you can follow also our Twitter account, Bulls Gold. Um, and that's all we have as far as social media. But yeah, uh, appreciate you guys again, man, Al and, and Brian, for having me on. Like I said, it's an honor. Uh, like when you reached out to me, I was like, oh man, this is awesome that, you know, y'all want me to come on and, and chop it up with you. I really appreciate it. Oh man, it's all love, brother. It's all love. We appreciate you for taking the time with us tonight. And we'll definitely love to have you back on at uh, some point in the season. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. For all right, sure. man. Hey, you have a good night and we appreciate you once again, bro. Thanks again, man. Have a good night, guys. All right. Now. Happy belated birthday, man. Well, Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. So oh, that was, that was dope, man. Nothing but love there on that conversation that was really really awesome really awesome Salim came man man did his thing man appreciate having him on the show and audience we sorry that we've been gone so long you know what i'm saying we <laughs> we got to get more <laughs> consistent here with potter here man a dub and i we spent so much time on the road covering all these events we're riding now we apologize we're gonna be more consistent with these things we're gonna start having a lot of more guests on the show that's gonna force us to podcast more on, on this platform so we apologize i know we said that before to you guys we're going to be more consistent here. Our apologies. Definitely. Our apologies for sure, man. And um, you get a good point, Perez, man. You and I have been out there grinding, baby, out there working, man, covering all these teams, man, and everything else, bro. So we've been putting in work, bro. Yeah, we've been definitely putting in work and a lot more, too. I mean, this fall is going to be very, very busy. I mean, right now, I mean, we have the 5-1 and one fight in the line out right now, ranked number 18th in the U.S. top 25 polls, right? Sir, That's yeah. one of the teams that we're covering, right? We got Alana Hoops on the on the horizon, right? We got our Chicago Bears that we've been covering. The Chicago Bulls coming up. The Windy City Bulls coming up. The Paul basketball, right? I'm, yes. all the, these are all the things, audience, that A-Dub and I are involved with. So not to make any excuses. We're going to be more consistent. It just takes a lot of time. Sometimes we're covering all these things. You can only be in so many places at one time. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the challenges that we're facing as we're growing this platform and growing this network. But again, we got to be more consistent. We know that. And that's something that we're going to be more cognizant of going forward. And we do appreciate you all's patience with us. So thank you very much. Yes, sir. Well, A-Dub, this was a dope episode. Look forward to chopping up with you again next week. Audience, with Chicago State of Mind. Thanks for listening. We are out.
my teammates. The one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.